Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Find the book of Philippians chapter 4 tonight. As you might remember, it's kind of been broken up, so I'll remind you that we're in a series on answered prayer. And let me see, this is number four. We've talked about, we're just talking about different things that are ingredients in answered prayer. Um, We talked about different things. We've talked about, you know, lifestyle, how, you know, if we don't live a, a godly lifestyle, our heart condemns us. Not the Spirit of God, not, not, not the Lord, but our heart condemns us. Now, the Spirit of God may convict you, but He's not condemning you. Uh, uh, but your heart will condemn you because it knows that we are not living according to the Word of God. Uh, we talked about how our prayers need to be uh, word-based, right? You need to find the, what's the Bible say about what's Scripture say about We talked about how faith is an important factor. Jesus said that. I mean, more than one place, he said that, that, you know, you have to have faith. So we talked about, you know, that. Uh, Tonight, I want to talk about uh, this part of it, the Thanksgiving part, and how that needs to be a part of our prayer life. And I think sometimes people don't think about this part. They don't think about the Thanksgiving part. And so I want us to, uh, uh, Philippians, let's just go to Philippians chapter 4. And I'll tell you, let's read verse 6 and 7. Got it? Paul said, be, be careful. That's an old King James. Or don't be anxious or worried about for, for nothing, or, or we would say for anything. So what do we got a license to worry about? We can't worry about anything, right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, notice this, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, so Paul talks about in, in our prayer life, when we pray and supplicate, uh, he said, do it with thanksgiving. Yes. Do it with thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, you, that's, that, you can miss that, but, you know, here's, you know, uh, I, I don't know how many times the Bible instructs us to give thanks or talks about thanksgiving, but it's a bunch. It's a whole lot. I mean, I don't know. I want to say hundreds of times, but I really don't know. But it's, it's well over a hundred sometimes. The Bible teaches us to give thanks, to be thankful. And uh, so I want to just talk about that tonight because, you know, it's, it's real easy to get your focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have. And you know what? A thankful heart is a heart that's focused on what it, what it has, not what it doesn't have. Right? Because I don't care what you have, there's always something you don't have. Amen. You know, <laughs> life's just that way if you let the flesh rule. It is. The flesh is never satisfied. I mean, you get a better house, you get a better vehicle... You, you, you know, for a while you enjoy it, but then you think, well, I could even have better. Now, there's nothing wrong with stepping up, but what I'm saying is you got to be thankful wherever you're at. Right? I mean, if all I've got right now is one room cabin down on the river, hallelujah. 
Really, I shouldn't say that today because if it's on a river, it's worth a lot of money. Just buy the land, knock the cabin down, just sell me the land. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm saying you can get in that, you can get in that um, mind frame where you're always thinking about what I don't have. Well, you know, I mean, I've got this, but my neighbor's got that. Hey, how about being thankful for what you have? And God can get you more. Amen. So I always like to say a, a thankful heart. It, it is a thankful heart isn't one that's always focused on what it doesn't have. It focuses on what it's got. Hallelujah. You know, if you're saved today, how many know you got something to be thankful about? If you're going to heaven, you got something to be thankful about. Hallelujah, don't you? I mean, thank thank God. You know, thank God He redeemed us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so. You know, here's one of the things that Paul, even Paul the Apostle said this. He said in the last days that men would be unthankful. Uh, in Romans, he talked about the downfall of a society. One of the things he said, they were not thankful. Now, I see that in our country today. And, and see, young people's minds, it, how many you know you don't think the same Unless, unless a young person is mature and they've been, they've been taught the Word of God, they, they most likely don't think totally right yet. I didn't at 17, 18, 19, 20. I didn't think right. We thought that all of the musicians of our days, the, the, the bands and all, and they had all their agenda, and we thought they were right. You know, they, they would make political statements and stuff, you know, a little bit. They weren't as bad then as they are now, but they still did it, you know, the injustices, injust, injustices in the world. And you know what I'm saying? And we all just thought, man, these, these people know what they're talking about. As I grew older, I thought, they don't, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. They're dumb as a rock. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. They don't know what they're talking about. Amen. You know, now I don't totally agree with this statement, but I think you'll get something out of it. You'll understand a little bit about it. Uh, it was Winston Churchill that said, if you're under 40 and, and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. But if you're over 40 and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. <laughs> there is a little bit of truth to that. I don't ever want you to be a liberal. They're part of the problem with America. But anyway, moving right along, praise God. But, you know, it's just the truth. You know, generally conservative people are thankful. They're not all perfect, believe me. Some of them's got their issues. But I'm just simply saying, you know, today young people are being taught about how, you know, movie stars and athletes and politicians and people in high places are talking about how oppressive it is here in America while they're living in mansions making millions. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear your sad story when you're making, you know, millions of dollars more than I'm making or anybody else in this church is making or anybody in middle America is making. Don't don't give me that. Go over to some go over to some third world country and see if they'll see if they'll pay you that much to throw a pigskin down the down the field or shoot a basketball and they're not going to pay you that. You can only get that here in the land of plenty. Amen. I love my country. I love my God. I don't like everything going on in my country, but I'm thankful for what I have, and I'm thankful for my country, and I'm not bitter, and I'm not complaining, and I'm not saying I'm being oppressed. I know I'm blessed. Hallelujah. 
And I'd like to take some of these people. If this sounds like I'm a little, little tick tonight, it's because I'm a little tick tonight. I'd like to take some of these people and I'd like to take them to a third world country and just drop them off and let them live there for about five years and just let's see how thankful they are. Come on, you know that one, I won't name her name, but that one WNBA star that got locked up in Russia, she's kept her mouth shut since she came back home. Found out a little bit of something about America isn't as bad as you think it is. You're not as oppressed as you think it is. You can make millions of dollars over here and live in the lap of luxury. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just talking about what, what, listen, I'm really serious about this. If, if, if we don't fix this, if, if we don't fix this in our country, this unthankfulness, it's one of the things Paul said will bring it down. It'll bring a society down when we lose our thankfulness. We should be thankful to God for what he's blessed us with here in America. I'm not, I'm, listen, listen, it's just like this. If you're from another country and you think your country is the best country in the world, I don't have a problem with that. I'm glad you feel that way. I feel like our country is the best one in the world. I'd rather be here than any place I've ever been. And I'm not knocking those other places because those people may feel that way over there. But let's just be thankful for what we have. Amen. And quit bellyaching about, you know, perceived injustices. There are injustices in America, and we do need to fix them. But we should be thankful at the same time for what we have. Amen. Well, that's just good preaching. But see, the same thing's true. See, Paul said when you pray, he said, don't leave out Thanksgiving. See, Thanksgiving should be an element of our prayer life because Thanksgiving is really a statement of faith. Think about it. When you're thanking God and you haven't seen it yet, what are you saying? I'm believing you. I'm believing you. You don't thank somebody unless they've done something for you. You just don't walk up to somebody and say, hey, thanks. They're going to want to know, well, what for? See, see, when you're telling God, thank you, you're telling him, I believe, you're going to, I believe you've done something. I believe you're going to do something. I'm, I'm thanking you ahead of time before I see anything, before anything manifests. I'm thanking you ahead of time that I have it. That's, that, that, that's, just, that's just part of the prayer life, that if we leave that out, we leave out an element that's real important. I mean, when you, <laughs> you know, old timers, you know, people that, uh, you know, that are older than you and I, that, that cooked, I mean, they, 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 you'd ask them, how do you do that? Well, I thought I'd put a little bit of this in here. And a, have you ever got that? A little bit of that, a pinch of this. And you're like, what's a pinch? What's a little bit? I don't know. I've got to have numbers. You know what I'm saying? But how I many of those ingredients are important, aren't they? You've got to get all the right ingredients in there. If you're going to make a cake, I mean, you've got to have everything that goes in there. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, things don't, I, I told you one time I did, I was making cornbread and didn't have uh, milk and I'd read someplace that orange juice, you could substitute it for, in a, uh, recipe for milk. And I don't know who told me that, but they were liars. Uh, but <laughs> cause I can tell you, Phyllis got, she, I served it to her and it tastes like what you'd think it tastes like orange cornbread. <laughs> it's what it tastes like. It was just like, ugh. So I don't know where I, I, and she still to this day claims I didn't read that somewhere. I couldn't have thought something that stupid up on my own. I had to have help. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody thinks something like that up on their own. It's like, well, I just thought that up. No, you don't. You had to, I read it somewhere. And it turns out it's not true. You got to have milk for cornbread. Amen. And so anyway, you know, prayer has to have its ingredients if it's going to be as fruitful as you want it to be. Faith is one of the ingredients, but so is thanksgiving. It's one of the ingredients that you have to have. And a lot of times we forget that part 
of just thanking God. And I'm going to show you some things about that here tonight, how Thanksgiving it needs to be incorporated in our prayer life and what it will do in our prayer life. Amen? But, we, you know, I, I just want to, first of all, I just want to instill in all of us that we don't, we don't allow this spirit of the world to get off on us, this unthankful spirit that is in the United States of America about our country. We don't want that to get in us. Yes, there's some wrong. Yes, there's some things I'd like to see fixed. But I'm not going to get an unthankful spirit. I still know I got it better here than anyplace else. With all of the things that need to be fixed. And there's a lot of things that need to be fixed today. But still at that, I'm not going to sit there and bellyache and talk about how pressed it is here. I'm going to be thankful to, thankful to God that I got something to eat. Matter of fact, I, listen, there are countries where they, they are skinny. They are slim. Almost, the majority of Americans are overweight. Don't look around. The majority of us aren't trying to figure out how to get food. We're trying to figure out how to quit eating so much of it. Amen. Isn't that right? We're trying to figure out what to do with all the abundance that we have. Come on now. I'm telling you the truth, man. There are places, man, I've been in places, nothing just myself in my limited travels. I've been in places where you get out of the city, you get back in the bushes, you get back in the sticks. And I'm telling you what, those people, they don't have the extra weight on them that we do. It's not there. They don't have that. They don't have the food. And I've eaten some of their food, and, and God bless them. They do the best they can. But it certainly doesn't taste like Texas Roadhouse or whatever that place, Longhorn. That's not a criticism. I'm just saying I'm thankful that I can come home. And I, I have to work on not eating too much of it. Are you with me now? Maybe this isn't a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. You go with food for about three to six days and you'll be thankful to God for every bit of food you've got. You know, and I, and I don't know if I should even say this. Maybe I shouldn't, but, but here goes. When our first grandson came over here, you know, from Haiti, not our first grandson, but the first, but the adopted one, Noah, he was food, he was food obsessed because he'd been without food. And man, he knew all about, <laughs> as he was growing up, he would tell me, you know, all about the new burgers coming out. You know what I'm saying? Kids knew about Hot Wheels. He knew about burgers. And he told me about this monster burger, man, that Hardee's came out with. You know, I don't think they still have it. But it, it was a monster burger. It had seven slices of cheese on it. I don't know how many patties of meat. But it, it, it was, you know, a thousand some odd calories just for the burger. Maybe more than that. I don't know. But anyway, so I took him to get one. Him, he and him and Camden went and got, you know, some men went and got some burgers. I mean, some He-Man burgers. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is put some meat on your bones, you know. And so, I mean, he, he buzzes through his like nothing. And, he's, and then, you know, I think he might have ate part of Camden's. But he'd have ate mine if I'd have given it to him. I ate my own. But he was food obsessed because he hadn't had it. And so he would hide food. I gave him the big old... Big old, I don't know what it was, a big old bag of chips, those Grippo chips that came in. Remember, those, they come in like a, almost like a five-gallon bucket thing, bag thing, you know. And I gave those to him, and I, and, and I told him, I said, you know, now these are for you all. He goes home and writes his name Noah on them. There he is. Grandpa gave them to me, nobody else. So Michelle calls, did you just give those to just Noah? No, they're for everybody. Okay, he won't let anybody else have them, so <laughs> she fixed that. <laughs> But why is that? He didn't have it. 
But when he got over here, it's, and see, he would, I think he would even hide it sometimes, if I'm thinking right. Because what? He, he didn't know, he did not know yet it's not going to run out. We're in the United States of America. Where he was at, it ran out. But here, you, you, you have to just chill, son. It's going to be here tomorrow. But he, did, he didn't have that concept. That's how blessed we are in America. That's why we shouldn't allow that spirit of unthankfulness that's in the world get off on us where we're always complaining about things. Yeah, there's things that need to be fixed. There's things we need to speak to. But, but let's don't, get, don't let a spirit of complaint and, and criticism get on you. Did you know the Bible talks about Israel? It talks about how, we may talk about this in a little bit, how they complained. And the Bible says they were destroyed by the destroyer. Amen. Now, go, on your, go to Colossians chapter... Uh, Let's see. Go to Colossians chapter 2. So, so thanksgiving is simply a statement of faith in your prayer life. It's simply saying to God, I believe something is done. And I'm thanking you for it. Hallelujah. You, you know, you operate that way. If, I mean, if you have faith in somebody and they tell you they're going to do something, you go ahead and thank them. You know, I was at the restaurant... And I, the other day, and, you know, the wait, waiter, waitress, whatever, whoever it was, you know, said, well, I'll go get you another something to drink. And I said, thank you. Well, they didn't, hadn't brought it yet, but I believe they would. And they sure enough didn't, and I thanked them when they brought it, you know. Because if Thanksgiving is a statement of faith. I believe you're going to do it. I didn't say when they said, well, I'm going to bring you another. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> now, there have been restaurants I might have thought that. I'll believe it when I see it. I've been there before, but... This wasn't one of them kind. They were, they were on the spot doing their job. Amen. And how many know when we thank God ahead of time, we're just simply saying we believe you're going to do something. I'm telling you, you this is really vital to your prayer life. It really, I'm going to show you a little bit how vital it is. But look at this in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. The Bible says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. How many have received the Lord? And you know what? You're supposed to walk in Him that same way. Well, how'd you receive Him? By faith, right? So you keep walking by faith, right? Same faith got you saved. Same faith will keep you blessed. Rooted, verse 7, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you have been taught, listen now, abounding therein, abounding in the faith with thanksgiving. So He told us we will, we will abound in faith with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving causes your faith to abound. That's real important. I say it this way. <laughs> thanksgiving is the track that the train of faith runs on. You know, trains got to... My dad was a, a, a railroad guy, you know, train guy, you know. And uh, that was my ambition in life. And, you know, time I got to be 18, 19, they weren't running trains like they used to, so there just wasn't the jobs any longer. But Dad was a railroader. And, uh, you know, that the, the train has to have a track, right? I mean, this, it can have all the power, it can have all the, all the equipment, but if it doesn't have a track, it can't run. Right. Faith can have all the power, all the equipment, but the track of faith is Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's the track that the train of faith runs on. You've got to have something to run it on. Amen. You know, every once in a while, train jumped the track, derail, you know, and things like that. Well, you got a problem. You know, when you lose your thankfulness, you got a problem with your faith. Your faith gets derailed. 
but you stay thankful and thankful to God, thankful for his blessings, you know, uh, whether you see everything manifest right away or not, you just, you have Thanksgiving, praise God. See, I've always said this, and I mean this with all my heart. If the Lord never healed me, if he never prospered me, never did another thing for me, i got enough to shout about right now till Jesus comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Just the fact I'm not going to hell. I'm real thrilled about that. Amen. I was going there one time. I'm real thrilled about that. I'm real happy I'm not going to hell. I'm still thankful. I'm still thankful that this drug addict, this guy out there blowing his brains out with drugs, partying, just, a, just an animal. I'm, I'm real thankful that Jesus Christ came and visited me. The Holy Spirit came and dealt with me and drew me to Jesus Christ. I'm, real, I'm still thankful about that. Amen. I'm, th I'm still thankful that I didn't die lost. I didn't die of an overdose. I didn't get shot. I've been shot at twice. One hit my car. One hit the guy beside me. But thank God I, you know, I mean, felt bad for the guy beside me. But anyway, but... Uh, I still got something to thank God about. It didn't hit me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he lived. It didn't, it didn't kill him. It just wound, wounded him. Winged him, as we say in, in our Western movies. It just winged him, you know. And so anyway, another guy shot at me, hit my car. Um, but here's the thing. Through all those wild days, through all that mess, through all that living bad, through all the wild driving and with people driving when they were drunk and me driving when I'm drunk and all drugged up and everything. I lived through it and I made, I lived to see Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. So I'm, I'm going to be thankful for that the rest of my life. I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. Praise. Some of my friends didn't make it. Thank God I did. I got something to thank God for. Hallelujah. I hope you feel that way tonight. Amen. So he talked about abounding. You're abounding in your faith. Your faith abounding. Remember, and we've talked about this story before, but you remember the, the, the ten lepers, right? And Jesus, they came to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, you have to understand, I studied this one time. Where they were at, you know, to go to Jerusalem, from where they were at, where Jesus spoke to them and said, go show yourself to the priest. To get to Jerusalem to show himself to the priest was between a 45 to a 60 mile walk. They were that far away from Jerusalem at the time. Those guys took right off. That's faith, isn't it? Yeah. How I many know they're not healed yet? It says as they went, they were what? They were healed. It doesn't tell us how far they went. They might have walked five miles, ten miles. I don't know. All I know is they must have walked far enough when the healing manifested, nine of them didn't want to turn around and go back because it was too far. But one... A Samaritan said, I'm going back. And he walked, I don't know how far he walked, whether he walked five miles, or he walked 10 miles, whether he walked 20 miles, but he went back and found Jesus and fell at his feet. Amen. We don't know. He might, I don't know, maybe he didn't, maybe he walked 10, maybe he walked, maybe he walked a mile. I don't know. I have no idea. We don't know either. But I'm just simply saying he had enough thankfulness in his heart to go back and fall at Jesus' feet and thank him and worship him. And Jesus said, where are the nine? Where's the rest of them? He said, your faith hath made you whole. Here's the interesting thing. The word whole there, the word healed is one word. The word whole is a different word. It's the Greek word sozo, salvation. In other words, that, that word sozo means you get the entire package. 
See, the other ones, they, the others got healed, but this guy got everything. He got, he got restored. He got his body parts back. And he got his soul saved. He got it all. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. What happened? Well, his faith went to another level than the other people's faith. They just got, they just got cleansed. He got made whole because his faith made him that way. His faith, because of his thanksgiving, went to another level and made him whole. Now, here's what I've observed in life. If you want to be mentally, how many people are dealing with mental issues today? I've never seen so much mental problems and mental issues, and even Christians are dealing with it today. But what I've just ex- learned is by uh, not only the uh, experience and dealing with people, is people that remain thankful and have a thankful heart, they're whole, they're sound. They don't have these mental issues that other people have. It's just not there. I'm not saying they never have any battles. Everybody has battles. But I'm saying it can't get a hold of their life because Thanksgiving does something for them. It, it causes their faith to abound. Isn't that what Paul just said? Abounding therein in Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hallelujah. You want your faith to soar, be a thankful person. Hallelujah. And none of this, oh, thank you, Jesus. No. How I many know oh, your heart needs to be in it? <laughs> Bless her heart. I had a good old Baptist aunt one time tell me, she says, she, she didn't like the way we praise God. I don't know what she didn't like. She just didn't. She did, it wasn't for her, you know, the loudly praising God. And she said something to me one time about, well, I have a praise in my heart. Now, I should have kept my mouth shut, but I'm young. You know, I'm 21 years old. And so I shot back and said, Bible says, what's it, what, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you've got a praise in your heart, it'll come out your mouth. It won't just remain in your heart. How many of what's in your heart comes out? You ever get met somebody and they, I mean, their, their whole life revolves around some kind of hobby? All they want to do is talk it. You know? You get people, you know, they're just, maybe they're into fixing up cars or something. That's all they want to talk about. You know, they just want to talk about that all the time because that's in their heart. Well, how I many if there's praise in your heart, how I many it comes out your mouth? I don't think she liked that, but anyway. And I think she got to where she understood that a little bit better, that you, you need to open your mouth and praise God and thank God. You can't just say, well, I'm thankful on the inside. No, God wants it on the outside. Look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. We're in Colossians 2. Go to Colossians chapter 4. I got one more scripture I'm going to look at and we'll let you go. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says this. uh, Continue, this is the King James, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Well, uh, so thanksgiving needs to be a part of your prayer life, right? Yeah. All right. But he said watch. That's the King James. Uh, that would mean keep alert. Be vigilant. If you, if, if, how many know what a watch is? Not, not that kind of watch. Okay. Like, you know, you, you ever watch, if, see, I like watching Western movies, you know. And so, you know, if, if, the, if they're expecting trouble, they'll send, like, people out to watch all night. You know, take shifts. You, you, you stay awake till midnight, go out there and watch and see if, you know, the, the Indians are coming or the cattle rustlers are coming or whoever, you know. That means you're supposed to keep awake, alert, right? Well, that's what he's saying. Stay alert in your prayers by Thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? What is that talking about? Well, 
just, just be honest about this. Has anybody ever prayed something <laughs> and you forgot about it? Or you let that prayer die out because it didn't come to pass over time? One way you keep your prayer awake and alert is by thanksgiving. In other words, you don't go to God every time and say, well, now, Father, are you ever going to do this or not? What's going on? I remember one time, one, <laughs> it was a friend of mine in the ministry. He needed like $2,500 or something like that for his ministry. That didn't sound like much now, but this was years ago. And it was, it was when Oral Roberts was needing 25, $25 million for world missions. And he said, all I can think of is, God, you know, I'm, I just need 2500 Could you get Oral Roberts taken care of and get him out of the way so I can get my 2500 <laughs> Well, having you know, God's able to handle Oral Roberts and your 2500 at the same time. Now, now, listen, here's the thing. What happens is sometimes we let our prayers die out or we go back to God and we beg him again. We start begging him. No, the Bible says keep your prayer alive with thanksgiving. Go back and thank him. Father, thank you. I brought that up to you. Just reminding you and I give you thanks for it. Amen. That, how many know that goes a long way, doesn't it? How many know it goes a long ways when your kids thank you? Doesn't it? Instead of, you know, acting like, you, you know, they got it coming or something? Amen. Our parents didn't let us act that way. They adjusted that really quick. Amen. It's like, just be glad you're allowed to breathe air in this house, son. Amen. But, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't grow up with an entitlement mentality. Now, I can honestly say, as messed up as I was on drugs, as bad as it was, I worked a job. I went to work every day. I paid my own bills. I never was late on a bill. Never. Because I was raised that way. I was raised to be responsible. And even though drugs messed my life up, it didn't mess that part of my life up because it's just like that was instilled in me. Amen. Right? Amen. You know, it's like when Opie, Opie Taylor, how many know who Opie Taylor is? He used to come to church here, right? No, that's no. You know, when he was wanting to get, his, one of his friends told him, you know, that parents give, the, he was getting 25 cents allowance for doing the chores, you know. One of his friends told him, oh, you're, they're taking you. The going rate's 75 cents now. So he went and talked to his dad about that, and, you know. And he said, you know, did you know kids get 75 cents now? He's 75 cents? This is the 60s, everybody. All right. Seventy-five, that's an awful lot. Well, that's what they get, Paul. They do. He said, well, you want the truth, right? Yeah. He said, I think that every father should decide for his own self how much his son gets. You know what that means? You got that? Yeah, I think I know what it means. I'm not getting the 75 cents, and I still got to work for the 25 cents. That's right. He said, you do feel good. You know, when you work and you get something, you feel good. He said, you do feel good when you work, right? He said, yeah, good and tired. <laughs> how many you know there, there is this entitlement mentality in America that needs to go away? Yeah. Right? It's like, you, you know, it's like a young lady said this to me, bless her heart, and she was sincere and I opened her eyes. She was talking about a country where they, where they get their um, college free. 
She said, that's great. I said, nobody gets college free. Somebody pays for it. They're like, because see, they're just brainwashed. It's like, she's like, duh. Somebody pays? Yeah. I said, you and me and everybody else pays for the person going to college. Does that sound fair to you? Well, no. Well, then it's a dumb idea, isn't it? Well, yeah. I don't care what they told you at school. Somebody pays for it. The government, well, the government's paying. Well, who do you think is giving the government money? I mean, President Biden's not out picking peaches for a living. He's, he's not making money for the government. None of them are. They're spending our money. And so when I explained it to her that way, that, look, it's just like this. You're telling me the guy on the factory, working in the factory, working hard, should pay for the guy who's got a lot of money and his kid's going to school to be a lawyer or something. He should pay for I don't think that's right. Well, moving right along, that's not going over big, but I don't care what you think about it. I don't think it's right. Everybody take care of their own deal. You want to go to college? Get a job. J-O-B. Don't tell me it can't be done. People that are raised right, do it. Now, if your parents got enough money to send you and they want to do that, that's, that's fine. That's their business. But I'm just talking about don't expect me to pay for your college. All right. We're all over the place, aren't we? It got kind of quiet on that, but I'm, that's just my thoughts on it. I don't think I should have to pay for your kid's college unless I want to pay for your kid's college. You pay for it. All right, make them go out and get a job and earn some money and teach them. They're going to have to do it sometime anyway. Well, some of them do. Some of them still live in their parents' basement, you know. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) All right, so this isn't one that's going to be a classic message. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, but uh, I'm just talking about being thankful. I don't know how we got off on all this stuff, but... I guess I'm thankful that uh, you're still here. <laughs> just trying to think of something to be thankful about. How I many know Thanksgiving? We just read you got to keep you got to be vigilant in it, right? Vigilant in Thanksgiving. Well, that means more than just a little bit, doesn't it? Right? Be vigilant in it. Or, in other words, listen now. In other words, listen now. He's talking about Thanksgiving. Like I said, keeps that prayer request before God. See. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I want to read this and we're closing right here. Did you get something tonight? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, uh, not for everything, but in everything give thanks. I mean, no, you, don't, you don't thank God for everything. That teaching was around in the 70s and, and on, maybe the early 80s. Uh, there was actually a book written about thank God for everything. You got in a car wreck, thank God for the car wreck. How many know God's not involved in everything? Right? But in the midst of everything, when things are going good, thank God. When things are being, when they're being challenging, times are being challenging, how I many thank God? In everything, thank God. Listen now, this is what's so good. He says, for this is the will of God. We want to do the will of God, right? But listen, he says it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, anytime you see the words in Christ, in Christ Jesus... It is talking about your redemption. It's talking about who you are. Brother Hagin has a great little mini book called In Him. 
we may have it out there. I advise you to get it. It goes through and talks about all the scriptures that talk about in him and whom and talks about what we have. Because in anything, when the Bible talks about New Testament, talking about in Christ, it's talking about our redemption. So I was reading this one day and it hit me that when we're thankful, when we thank God uh, in everything, not for everything, but in everything, when we do that, it puts us in the redemptive will of God for our life. That's a good thing. Um, are you following what I'm saying? It puts you in the promises. It puts you in the redemptive will of God. I, I, I began to learn this way, way back. It was back in 1983 or 82, 83, 84 in that area. I was in a grocery store. <laughs> I've told you this story, but it's my story. I was in a grocery store in Petersburg, and in front of me was a lady with about three kids, and they're in the checkout aisle. I'm in a hurry. I'm behind them. Of course, they put candy, uh, chewing gum, everything else right there in the aisle where the kids can grab it. There's a reason for that. Yeah, it's marketing. And so she's trying to control her kids. I'm in a hurry. I'm murmuring underneath my breath, not to her, but I'm complaining underneath my breath. I had been seeking God for direction and ministry. And the Lord spoke to me, said, you, you've, you asked me about direction and ministry, did you? I said, yes, I did, sir. He said, if you don't do the written will of God, you're not going to get the unwritten will of God or something like that. I can't remember. I, I'd have to think back how he said it. But basically, he's letting me know, you're, you're, praying, you're praying. Here's the way he said, you're not going to get the specific will of God for your life if you're not doing the general will of God. And I knew what he meant. And everything give thanks. Instead of complaining, I ought to be thanking. Murmuring gets you in trouble. God has really dealt with me. I can't get away with it anymore. Now, I still do it occasionally, every once in a while, every third Thursday. <laughs> well, maybe a few more times than that. I'll, I'll start, now, not, not to people, but just... All right, who, who in here are you talk to yourself? It's part of the best conversation you ever had, right? You want to talk to an intelligent person once in a while, right? So, you know, and sometimes I'll just, oh, man, why is that? And I'll start complaining about, why is this happening? Why is that going on? I mean, just be my something small, minor, natural going wrong. And I tell you, the Lord doesn't let me get away with that. He always reminds me that you sound like the children of Israel. I've blessed you with such good things and the least little bit of thing here you are complaining. So I want to get away with it. I'm not saying he does you that way. Maybe you're not this, where I'm at. Maybe he's not dealing with you about that, but he sure does me. And it's like, man, I have to shut my mouth and say, forgive me, Father. I'm complaining because I can't find the wrench. I'm complaining because I dropped my keys in between the seats. And I'm calling everything stupid, stupid seats, stupid cars, stupid keys. And it's really a stupid guy that did it. And the Lord will deal with me. And he'll remind me of children of Israel. I don't want to be compared to the children of Israel. Because they died out there. Amen. So I'll get it right. Listen to this. French, Italian, and the Spanish language, maybe others, they all use the word grace for thanks. You ever notice that? Well, maybe you haven't, but certain languages use the word grace for thanks. Now, why is that? Because the words are connected. There are times in the Bible where the word thanks is really the word charis that is used elseplace as grace. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus, the charis of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's times the King James will use the word thanks because they are interchangeable. Thanks and grace are interchangeable. That's really important because here's the reason why. Because if you're unthankful, you're out of the grace of God. You're out of the redemptive will of God for your life because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, right? Is anybody getting what I'm saying here? So, See, even God Himself said, enter my gates with thanksgiving. Didn't He say that? Into my courts with prayer. God wants us to approach Him with thanksgiving. The Lord told Israel, He said, you're going to serve your enemies because you weren't thankful and grateful and joyful for all I blessed you with. See, what you stop being thankful for, it'll exit your life eventually. It'll leave. Israelis stop, the Jewish people, the Israelis, the children of Israel, stopped being thankful for the blessing of God and it left their life. Look what God did. He brought them out of bondage. Have you seen the signs and wonders they saw? Of course not. God, God actually came down on Mount Sinai and spoke to them. They saw the mountain smoke and the thunder and the lightning. They saw the form of God. God spoke to them. He actually, when you said it, He spoke to them the Ten Commandments. And they told Moses, He said, we don't want this to go on any longer. In Exodus, they told Moses, you, you, you speak to us on behalf of God, but don't let God speak to us. They, they knew, we don't have to live holy to... Be around this holy God. We don't want that responsibility. God said, I've come to make you a, a, a kingdom of priests and a holy name. They turned it down. But Moses drew near to God. The Bible says the people backed away, but Moses drew near. That's all in your Bible in the book of Exodus. I don't know about you, but I thank God we can enter boldly into the, yeah. amen, the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Amen. David said, Psalm 77, 3, he said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. You know, you can talk yourself into depression by majoring on what's wrong instead of thinking about what's right. Are you with me now? See, what do we do today? Uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm closing, just, just, just bear with me just a few more minutes. What do we do today in society? We medicate these people. It doesn't fix their problem. When it just makes them loopy. Right? I used to medicate myself, not with prescription drugs, <laughs> with unprescription drugs. Yeah, it changed my attitude. How many of you know sometimes when you get drunk, hopefully before Christ, but you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever been drunk? I have many times. I know it, I know it has an effect, it has an effect in your life. It changes it changes you. You can be some people get mean. <laughs> Some people get more liberal with their money. Amen. But did you know the Bible says, don't be that way, be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit inspire you. Amen. Let the Spirit inspire you. Why? Because there's no consequences with that except good ones. Hallelujah. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, how are you, how you filled with the Spirit? By being thankful. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. All right, let, let, let me say this to you. Um, 
We have to learn that when things aren't going right, that we don't focus just on the things that aren't right, but think about what is right. Think about Paul and Silas when they were put in prison, backs beaten in, in stocks. They could have complained, but instead they praised and thanked God. And you think that's, that was bad. How about, how about Jonah? He's in the belly of the whale. <laughs> Come on, that's a bad day any way you want to measure it. I mean, when you go fishing and a fish swallows you, that's a bad day. Amen. Well, what happened there? Jonah said he offered thanksgiving to God in the belly of the whale, and the whale spit him out on dry ground. How many know if he, if he would have complained, he might have never got out of that belly? Amen. The best thing to do is just stay thankful all the time. Don't end up as well bait. Don't end up as well barf. Just stay thankful. But it was Thanksgiving that turned it around for Jonah. Hallelujah. He paid his vows to God. Amen. Did you get anything tonight? I just want you to know it, this is an ingredient we got to have in our lives, in our prayer lives, if, if we're going to have all the ingredients and have a really fruitful prayer life like the Bible talks about. Paul constantly, you know, when he'd write letters, he said, I thank my God for you. You think he was just saying that or you think he was telling the truth? It's more than just a greeting, was it? He, I, I give thanks for you. The Bible says to pray for our leaders our, and, and those that are in authority and give thanks. Give thanks. It's not always easy in that particular area. But you always got to remember, it could be worse. It could be worse. Thank God. All right, let's all stand up. Amen. Thank God for His Word tonight. You know, we just have to have this element. This is just one of those elements. If you're going to have, you're going to have the cake, man, you got to put the right elements in it. Hallelujah. And you got to top it with frosting, right? Thicker the better. Hallelujah. Cream cheese. Except if Miss Phyllis is eating it. But yeah, how many understand there's got to be the right ingredients? Amen. All right. Thank God for his word tonight. Father, help us, help us, help us, help us to be thankful. And I'll just look at the things. You know, all of us could look at the negative things in our life. Uh, you know, the things that need fixed, that aren't fixed. Uh, but help us not to focus on that, but to focus on the good things that you have done. The good things in Christ Jesus. And just trust you. The Bible says if we do that, we let our requests be made known to you through prayer and supplication, then, and with thanksgiving, then the peace of God will keep our hearts and minds. We don't have to worry about those things. You'll, you'll, you'll take care of it. You'll fix it, and we thank you for it. Help us keep this attitude of thanksgiving all the days of our life and not let that spirit of unthankfulness that Paul prophesied would be in the last days, not let it get in us and in the church, but help us to be thankful that we serve a good God. As we sang tonight, we have a good, good Father. Hallelujah. And we do. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, as we go tonight, thank you for Psalm 91 being over us and protecting us and keeping us in all of our ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.